What's up, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. And if you've ever wanted to create your own product and sell it online, then this is going to be the perfect episode for you because we're going to talk about how Taylor has done exactly that with his product. Uh, it's great to have you on the show today, Taylor. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Happy to uh, excited to share my story. Yeah, man, I'm really excited as well to hear about it. I'm a big sports fan and you have a sports product. So uh, I'm going to be enjoying diving into this one and hearing about the journey, what you've been up to, how it's all been going. Uh, before we dive into the specifics and do a bit of a deep dive into your journey, why don't you give us a bit of your background story, how you got started in e-commerce and where you're up to today? Sure. Um, so it all started back in, uh, in 2018. Um, where I started hosting RoundNet tournaments. So okay. uh, RoundNet, most people are probably familiar with Spikeball. Uh, that's been the brand name. That's what it's known for. Um, but uh, RoundNet is what the sport is called. Spikeball is a brand. And uh, so yeah, so 2018, I started hosting uh, tournaments kind of for fun. I wanted to play more. Um, and it pretty quickly blew up. Um, turned that into my own business. Um, and then... Uh, in the beginning of 2022, um, you know, saw that there could be some improvements made on the equipment side of things. Um, a lot of things that, uh, you know, my other businesses have been successful, honestly, fairly easy. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, let's, uh, let's explore going into product manufacturing and design. Mm. And so 2022, we did a whole bunch of testing and, uh, and then a whole bunch of learning is really what happened, uh, trying to figure out how to how to bring a product to life and and uh, all everything that comes with it. So uh, yeah, that's kind of what we did. We we improved upon uh, you know what was out there in yeah. roundnet equipment and yeah. uh, something that was a little more sturdy and stable and came up mm -hmm. with Premier Spike. And uh, yeah, we'll get into all the details, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely, man. I think the first one is just that you, you've kind of uh, addressed it head on because obviously when I first looked at what you guys were doing, I've heard of Spikeball, right? I've seen it. And the distinction that actually Spikeball uh, is not the game, that's just a product of the, the sport. I thought Spikeball was like the sport, the game, right? They kind of invented it, but right. clearly not. There's uh, obviously lots of dynamics we could talk through there, but that must have been a bit of a challenge in itself, a bit of education around that, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, and obviously it's a big hurdle because, mm. uh, you know, that is a trademark term that, that you know, we are not, you know, able to use. Um, but, uh, yes, the game was actually invented in the 80s um, by another guy named Jeff Knurik. Um, and, uh, and so the, the CEO of Spikeball today, um, you know, him and his friends had actually played it back when they were kids and then, uh, you know, kind of revived it in the 2000s. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of knockoffs, but we, uh, we came on the scene to be really the first legitimate competitor with a, uh, a premium version of, of, uh, round net equipment. Yeah. It's good because we always teach our community, you know, you don't want to invent something. You want to improve on what already exists because it shows there's proven demand, you know, at least especially not for a first product uh, in e-commerce. As you get more experience, maybe you could invent something, right? But the safest route to a predictable, you know, successful business is to improve on existing demand to sort of capture some of that demand. So, yeah, that's exactly obviously what you've done. But this is a bit of a unique uh, industry because of those facets we, we've talked about there. Did you get any um, particular sort of pushback from Spikeball at all? Have you had any issues with them? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, th this is, 
The, I, I say absolutely because, you know, th this isn't just, you know, a competitor, um, you know, and, and them having to kind of face their first competitor. Um, but also, I mean, I don't want to oversell myself. I mean, we're, we're new. We're, a, we're a still a small fish compared to them. However, yeah. I mean, I was their biggest ambassador um, for, for five years. Um, you know, I, I was running the biggest round net tournaments in the world. They were our sponsor. Um, and, you know, and, and it came to a point where, you know, I, I didn't feel uh, valued as their ambassador. And, and that was one of the contributing factors of, of creating Premier Spike. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, between that, them, you know, coming out with, uh, with new products to try to compete, they hadn't really come out with anything for about seven years. Um, as far as, you know, on the, the high-end equipment side of things. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's a little bit personal for, for, for both of us. Um, but, uh, you know, we're trying to keep, keep ourselves separate, not try to compare ourselves, not try to, um, you know, do any of that, just kind of focus on ourselves and the product that we've got, which I'm super happy with. And, and that's uh, uh, it's one of those, those personal things that I have to, you know, keep myself under control to be like, hey, we've got something, don't worry about it. Uh, focus on myself yeah of course man and that's a, a tough story uh lots of emotion there like you say but you know hats off uh you know taking that step and uh, and trying to create more value for yourself it just shows the the move of the way the world is going towards you know creator economies and owning the you having more ownership over the the products that you sell um i think there's uh, you know lots of angles we could take and lots of directions we could go in but you've almost kind of answered the first question for me but maybe you could add a bit more sort of detail to it which you know the first thing i want to ask is like well how did, how did you know the product was going to sell you know what was it about this particular product or niche but you by the sounds of it already had an existing audience that must have made things a lot easier yeah no uh, you know when, when you talk about you know inventing a brand new product versus you know improving on on what is out there um you know i had because you know again i was I was, you know, Spikeball's biggest ambassador. They, you know, people would reach out to them and, you know, basically say, hey, you know, give me advice. How can I create, you know, an organization um, that runs, runs big tournaments and, and everything? And they uh, would pretty much, you know, reply to that, CC me on that email and say, well, let me introduce you to Taylor Sanford. He runs Utah RoundNet. Um, you know, anyone that's in this niche sport of competitive ground net, you know, whether you're in Europe, Australia, um, Asia, South America, um, all those emails came into me saying, hey, here's Taylor, let him help you. Um, and I was happy to do it. Um, so yeah, it, it was nice that we had, I had that built-in network, um, uh, again, of, of at the time, me helping, essentially, you know, helping Spikeball out a lot. Mm. Um, and so yeah, when it came to like, okay, let me, try to do something different let me try to improve on what we've got um it was it was a little bit there wasn't a whole lot outside that i needed to um you know do testing we did some testing with some players here locally um but really i'm my biggest customer yeah, yeah. um you know i had you know 50 broken spike ball sets in my garage um <laughs> and it's like well i need to now replace those into something better something that i, I host 30 to 40 round net tournaments every year um, and how am I going to you know make my players the most happy you know we'd have players complaining that you know the nets are warped they're oval shaped they're pringle shaped um, 
And so, you know, I knew exactly like, okay, we, we can do a whole bunch of testing. And so we, you know, we did some prototyping, um, you know, with my, my co-founder who uh, is an engineer and had a 3D printer. Um, so he did some good prototyping for us that we would test out. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we kind of got to a point where I was like, yeah, I want these sets. I want to play on these sets. I want to use these sets in my tournament. Um, I will buy these sets. Yeah. Um, and that's really where it got to the point where it's like, okay, um, I think we're ready to go go to market for our first product. Now, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be done. We're going to continue to innovate and improve. This is a super young sport. Um, you know, who knows where it's going to end up in, in even 10, 15 years down the road. Um, but at least right now, I'm super happy with what we got. And that's when it was yeah. like, all right, let's, yeah, let's yeah. push the green button. Yeah, man, no, that's good. You mentioned obviously product development, something I'm definitely keen to to chat through. Just before we do get onto that, though, you've mentioned there about moving on to uh, maybe not just other products, but developing the product. And it makes me think of because uh, Roundnet is it's quite a niche sport, like you said. It's not one of the most well known. I've started playing the sport called paddle. It's like I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's uh, like pickleball. You know, is obviously massive in the U.S., but over here, it, like paddle is like a similar version. It's like mixed between squash and tennis. You play it in these okay. like perspex walls, and, and again, it's like it's quite niche. Not many people have heard of it, but apparently, it's the fastest growing sport in Europe. And every one of my mates that I introduced to it absolutely love it. There's courts going up left, right, and center near where we are. But still such an early market because there's like 200 courts in the UK, but 60,000 in Spain or something. So you know, there's so much room for it to grow. And so I'm thinking like, oh, this is a perfect business opportunity. There's loads of money to be made here. But then I kind of thought, well, I could make some paddle rackets, you know, like the tennis racket kind of things you use for them. I think they're just called paddles. But then what do I do beyond that? Like there's, there's a limited scope of uh, beyond, I suppose, merch, T-shirts, that kind of thing. Is that a concern to you? Are you thinking beyond just the the actual usable playing surface? How how have you factored that into your journey with with Ramnet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was actually having a conversation just this, this week with um, you know somebody here at uh, uh, BYU University, and uh, you know they're an, an engineer and they're going through you know a competition of uh, a student innovator of the year award. And he's coming to me, he's like, hey, what can we do within the Ramnet world? I love what you're doing with Premier Spike. Is there something in that world that, you know, we could come up with a new product? Um, you know, and, and we started brainstorming, you know, different ways to train because right now that is pretty much all there is. You know, there, there's, you know, some, some gimmicky, you know, little toys that you can do. But as far as like, you know, making the sport move forward, um, there are some limitations uh, right now. Um, again, the sport part of it's only been around for 10 years, um, you know, and so, you know, it's still still really young. And so people are trying to figure out how to train. Um, and also, you know, with it being that young finances, you know, that, that's also, you know, a concern where, you know, the um, our demographic are not the most uh, most rich um, customers. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it are yeah. college students. And so. Uh, you know, even though, you know, we might be able to come out with, uh, you know, some really great training tools, um, as of right now, the market's probably not ready for it, but definitely kind of, you know, uh, brainstorming some ideas for the future in, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Good to be at the early phases of a, uh, a growing sport as well, for sure. Yeah. 
So in terms of uh, product development, you mentioned there working with an engineer. Uh, how, how long has the whole process taken you from thinking, right, we're going to do this to sample prototypes to then having your first unit on sale? Yeah, so um, it was about February of 2022. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I sat down, put a uh, pencil to paper and really designed out kind of what I envisioned the set to be, uh, which is the core design. Obviously, some changes in, uh, in you know connection points and um, and how it's all going to work out. We 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 toyed around with different sizes, making it smaller, taller, um, you know all those good things. But uh, yeah, so so pretty much all of the summer of 2022, we did some uh, you know prototyping and secret testing. Um, again, didn't want this to uh, to get out too early. Um, and then it was about November where we kind of, we, we finally were like, okay, this is the design we want to, uh, uh, you know, bring to market. Um, mm -hmm. We had been in contact with a, uh, a manufacturer out of Hong Kong um, who, you know, also helped us with it. And they were, they were super helpful, um, you know, making sure that our, our designs translated from the 3D print world to plastic injection. Um, and in uh, and, and November, December of 2022, we kind of did like a soft launch where it was, um, again, I kind of, right, as far as the competitive side of the sport, the, those players, um, you know, did a little, just a brand launch on social media. Um, just, hey, here's something coming. Nobody knew what it was for, you know, it was a couple of months. And then, uh, you know, we printed up a bunch of, of 3D printed prototypes um, and just surprise people and just like shipped them out to their addresses, some of the influencers, some of the top players. Um, and that was, uh, that was a fun way to kind of like announce, hey, this is what we're doing. We're bringing a new net, um, something that, you know, really hadn't been done and uh, got a lot of hype. And then, you know, February, we opened up pre-orders and, uh, and then finally brought, uh, so February of 2023, so about a whole year to open up pre-orders um, raised about 50,000 doing that and then uh, finally got our, our first batch for shipment into both Europe and the US um, August of, uh, of 2023. Very cool man, very cool. Yeah, I'd love to pick on something you uh, mentioned there, the, the pre-orders, $50,000 of pre-orders. That's, that's pretty significant, you know. Uh, it must have been quite a confidence boost to see that kind of support for it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we were, we were super happy about it. Um, you know, never really knew what to expect. Like, again, like I was confident because I knew I wanted it and I knew other people would too. Um, but to actually like, right, see, see the, the orders coming in was, it was a big sigh of relief. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and, and all of that came organically as well. Um, we didn't do any Kickstarter, any paid, uh, ads for, for all of that, it was all straight through kind of the network that, that I had, um, you know, knowing people, mm -hmm. telling people about it. Um, here in Utah, at my own tournaments, we were running all of our tournaments on our, uh, you know, 3D printed prototype sets. Um, and so, you know, really getting some of that, um, you know, experience, some content um, through those, pushing them out. Um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, it was, it was, it was definitely a confidence booster uh you'd be able to raise that much up front yeah. and all organically as well like what are the, what were the sort of dynamics of it did you you just told people and said here's the website address or i don't want to get in the weeds too much obviously but just the practicalities of it how did you manage all of that 
Yeah, yeah, you know, it was, it was pretty much all through social media. You know, we ran some, uh, you know, we ran some contests. You know, here, you know, share this. Um, you know, everyone who put in their order, you know, we would email them and say, hey, you know, share this, uh, share this graphic. You'll be, you know, entered to win, um, you know, one of all of our merchandise. And it basically said, hey, I got one. And so, you know, trying to flood, you know, with again within any niche, you know, market or niche sport, you know, everyone's connected. And so, you know, when, when people are seeing that, oh, holy cow, like, I'm seeing hundreds of people that are now, you know, said they got one on day one, mm. um, you know, that's going to draw attention. It's going to be like, okay, you know, especially in that young, you know, college, college market demographic, you know, it, it's about you've got to get the masses to move because, you know, nobody, yeah. not nobody, but, again, you know, you, you've got a very small percentage that, of people that want to be that early adopter. Mm. Um, but if you see that, oh, okay, I'm not alone in this. A lot of people mm. are going to be getting one. Um, you know, they're like, okay, a little more confident. I'm not going to be just the only dummy who bought one um, yeah. and, and ends up being, you know, if it ends up being bad, then, oh, man, I got, I got screwed. Um, so really kind of building that confidence with our customers to say, hey, share with everybody you've got this, you're excited about it, um, and let's really go in with a, with a bang. And so that's, uh, that's, that's really what pushed a lot of people to get it. And this was being run before you had units available to the general public yep yeah so that was all happening in uh in february um and then it so we so we did february in the u.s um but we hadn't quite figured out our our distribution um particularly into europe europe Mm -hmm. we get about 40 percent of our sales out of europe oh wow we knew that that was a huge market we wanted to push into Mm -hmm. uh, which was a huge learning curve of how to distribute um, over there, um, some extra cost, but absolutely w- was worth it. Um, we opened up uh, the Europe pre-orders in, uh, I believe it was in April, yeah. um, and so we kind of had we had two big, you know, big pushes. We had a big push in Martin and you know the end of February, and another one in April. Um, and again, kind of you know, it was kind of fun to have two launches like that because obviously, mm-hmm. as U.S. people see, you know, the same type of, of uh, excitement from Europeans. Um, they were like, oh, I missed, I missed the first push, but okay, let me, let me go jump on the second train. Yeah, definitely. What were some of those logistics challenges you had getting into Europe? Um, I mean, just, just importing VAT, um, you know, knowing how to set all that up because uh, mm-hmm. it's a little more complicated than the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the U.S. I had, you know, our ocean freight company. They basically, you know, gave me all the paperwork to fill out, filled it out, and they took care of everything for us. And it was, mm-hmm. hey, you know, set up with U.S. Customs, um, imported in, and, and, you know, kind of good to go. Um, over there, you know, we've got to get set up with, uh, with VAT, um, mm-hmm. and then we've got to figure out, okay, um, the EORI, um, mm-hmm. one-stop shop. Uh, you know, had to find a separate uh, third-party logistics company, which, by the way, has been they've been fantastic over there. Um, but then also we've got to deal with with UK and Switzerland and you know the the non-EU free trade countries mm-hmm. um, and figure out how do we get get you know our our products into those countries affordably and efficiently that you know mm-hmm. isn't every single order having to go through a new customs and new mm-hmm. fees and um, and, and we've kind of been, been uh, getting a little scrappy, um, going grassroots and, uh, you know, just finding customers that are our fans 
um, that are like, hey, we want to get some here. How do we do it? And like, we can do, this is our current solution, but hey, if you know anybody who's got a garage that can, <laughs> you know, take a couple of pallets, um, you know, we'll, we'll ship them to you and you help us fulfill it. And, and that's what we're doing in Canada. Wow. And, uh, and well, the UK actually we have a, a distributor, kind of same thing, but they bought wholesale. Um, Switzerland, we've just got set up, uh, found someone to do that. Um, and then same thing in like uh, in Southeast Asia. Um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to get it out to everybody. And that was, you know, the big thing. It's like, I know it could have been easy to just come straight into the U.S. Um, and it's certainly not, you know, that is not the way to go for probably a whole, the majority of people. But again, we had this market. Um, Europeans are, are a little bit uh, less brand loyal to um, our competitor. And and so I was like, okay. And it's also faster growing in Europe than the U.S. right now, I believe. Um, and so it was like, okay, let's uh, let's just do what we got to do, um, push forward, and make some big noise, and, and uh, make it happen. Oh, amazing, man. Where are you sending stock into Europe then? Germany? In Poland, actually. Poland. Okay. Cool. Yep. Very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots uh, of logistics complications, like you said, in, in Europe. So hats off for getting that done. It's it's cool, man. Though. It's it's a pretty global operation. I love um, I love how it's all growing and developing. Um, and they're they're not small products, I imagine either. They'd be pretty sizable things to ship. Yeah, that that's another another thing is um, you know it's uh, our box is 25 inches long. Um, and uh, I believe that's 60, 63 centimeters, 65 centimeters, somewhere in there. Um, and it, that generally qualifies for oversized, um, you know, which is, you know, trying to figure out, you know, dimensional weight versus um, actual weight. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, cost of shipping, cost of production, they're all more than our competitors because it's, it's, a, it's a sturdier, stronger product. Um, and so, you know, also trying to, you know, portray, okay, hey, you know, it's a little bit more expensive than what you're used to, but, uh, you know, trying to, to explain to people that, hey, you're, you're buying quality, yeah. um, which is the reason for that. But uh, so far, people have been, um, you know, really, really uh, accepting of it. Um, the only challenge is, is a lot of uh, poor college students that they want to afford it and they just can't, so... So yeah, with, with with that in mind, how are you reaching new customers? Obviously, with a niche kind of sport, it's got I would imagine a relatively small audience when you think about you know maybe other sports that are uh, globally known. How are you finding new customers? A lot of it must be about education, I suppose, about what the sport is. You know, um, education is funny you mentioned that because that that is a huge part of it. Um, you know, we we've kind of you know we've made this big splash into the competitive side of the sport right this is the yeah. this is the the 10 percent um but really you know again you think people who who've heard of spike ball um you know the casual player the backyard baller as we call them um they're out there and they're out there and you know and plentiful um and so so it's uh, there's a ton of people out there and so right now you know we've kind of hit that first that first mission was okay make a splash in the competitive side of things um and now we're pushing towards the masses, and so I've um, actually partnered with uh, uh, my my business mentor from you know uh, worked with with for the past 15 years. Um, he had a marketing agency and sold it, and is, is doing some new things. And so, uh, working with him to kind of just get um, you know general uh, you know advertising going out to the public, um, but also 
we're focusing a lot on you know still opportunities where we can get our product in front of the masses. So when you mentioned education, um, you know we're talking uh, physical education classes in in high schools um, where. I either, you know, at least here in my local schools, I go out there, I teach the sport, I just volunteer my time for a couple of days. Um, you know, we're going to some conventions that, you know, we're going to get in front of a whole lot of PE teachers um, and, you know, some other organizations that, uh, um, you know, run, run camps where, uh, you know, essentially you're going to have, you know, thousands of, of kids coming through, playing on them. Uh, and so we just want to get our product in front of as many of these backyard ballers as we can. Yeah, because we know once they they see it, they're going to experience it, and they're going to go home to to mom and dad and say, "Hey, now I want one." And, uh, yeah. and those kids aren't uh, aren't uh, aren't not aren't as poor as college students, so their yeah, parents yeah. aren't at least. So um, <laughs> yeah. hopefully that's a a good market that we can hit up. Yeah, definitely. And then with that, you are generating some new fans and, and potentially some new sort of social media followers. Then is social the way you see it sort of growing beyond that as well? Yeah, you know, outside of the, you know, being, um, you know, right there on the ground, getting that, uh, that experience with our product itself, um, our, our big push is going to be through social media. Um, you know, TikTok uh, is, is going to be a big one. We've got some, you know, some of our round net influencers, which, you know, when, when you think influencers, that, again, they're, they're small relative to others. But, um, uh, you know, within our sport, you know, we've sponsored some of them. Um, you know, sponsoring also on the competitive side, sponsoring organizations and their tournaments, yeah. um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, provide the prizes for them, discounted equipment, all of that. And so, uh, yeah, really kind of going at it with, with those two different markets as far as the, yeah. um, you know, social media influencers and then the round net influencers themselves. Yeah. How are you working with or do you see yourself working with? Uh, both influencers and, and sponsoring athletes. I'd love to just um, understand the dynamics there in terms of just standard, you know, influencers that have got a big social media audience. Is the plan just to send them a free product? Have you have you kind of gone into that uh, realm at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, every, every influencer is going to be a little different, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for for the few that we've kind of gotten set up so far, um, you know, it's, it's we suit them up in, in all of our, our apparel, free set, um, depending, you know, we, we send a, a little signing bonus um, and then bring them on as a, in our affiliate program. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to kind of broader influencers, um, you know, that that's just kind of working with them individually. And, and honestly, yeah. a lot of it so far, you know, I've, I've just sent free sets out to um, people that I was big fans of. Um, I don't know if you're you know, familiar over there, but, uh, you know, Dude Dad, the Holderness family, They've been my two favorite, me and my wife's favorite, uh, just influencers for the past 10 years. Yeah. And uh, I just sent him a letter. It was like, hey, you don't need to feature us at all. You've entertained me for years. Let me, now I've created something. Hopefully this can bring some entertainment to your family. So I've done that a couple of times, but that's really more just like, hey, hey thank you. Um, yeah. I'm excited for what I've done. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of the, uh, um, you know, I think our focus is going to be on the, smaller influencers you know in the in the 10 to 20,000 range where yeah. um yeah they're they're pretty cheap you've got loyal loyal fans loyal followers um and you know pretty much we can send them a free set you know they'll give a shout out um and, and I think that's that's where um we're learning is probably our biggest bang for our buck as we start out yeah 
do you think there will be a return for you in the future for sponsoring athletes doing anything more paid like that you know that is that is a very very good question something that we're you know we're trying to uh, analyze um the biggest thing one, one of our missions with premier spike was to um you know not just have a successful business but was to give back uh, was to give back to you know our sponsored players or, or our players of our sport or organizations and um you know, and so being able to give them something, um, you know, is is a mission. And so whether we we directly get those that return on investment back, I'm not sure. Um, but you know, this year, uh, you know, was, that that was one of our first things we did. Again, before we even had product out, before we even had pre-orders open, um, you know, we had you know put something out there said, hey, we want to sponsor sponsor you. You know, fill out this application. And you know we, we ended up sponsoring the uh, number one team out of Europe, um, the number one team out of Canada, um, and uh, at the end of the year uh, they were the number one team in the U.S. So like three of our five teams were the number ones in each of these places, which was which was great, and I think got a lot of goodwill. Um, you know, direct sales that came from them, I'm not so sure. Um, but the other thing was that our competitor they had dropped sponsorships. I didn't actually know that when we, we started this. But as we were like, you know, trying to recruit, um, you know, some other teams, um, you know, we became aware that oh, they weren't actually offering any sponsorships, and then later they did once they realized that, you know, some of these teams were like, hey, I'm going to sign with Premier Spike, um, and uh, and they ended up coming to the table, which, you know, I was I was happy about, right? Again, I mean, if our mission is to get our players supported, um, whether we're doing it or whether our competitors are. You know that's great for our players. Great, good for our sport to yeah. um, to really be able to bring more you know finances to um, to our players because they are they're traveling the the countries, they're traveling the world, um, and I mean honestly the prize money is minimal. I mean if you win, you can maybe pay for your trip. Um, so there's a lot of dedication, and we wanted to show that dedication back to them again, even if we're not necessarily getting that return on investment. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's certainly a case of the rising tide lifts all boats. Um, and the, the more awareness there is about the sport, the better there is for everyone involved in it. And I think to have a strong competitor pushes you to improve and, and create a better product, doesn't it? So um, if anything, you're helping them. So Yeah, yeah, no, yeah <laughs> you know, and that's great. And they, they did come out with, um, you know, with a, a new product um, this year as well. Um, it's it's pretty different um, from from everything else, but uh, but hey, it's new, it's innovative, um, and there's also uh, you know you know we, we've heard of, of two or three other people that are in the process of bringing new product to market as well, and so mm. um, you know that's one thing that you know we think of is we're not just trying to steal customers from our competitors, but mm. hopefully we're all bringing new customers sure. into our sport, yeah. um, and that really should be our big focus. Um, you know, as as we all grow, yeah, for sure. Uh, Taylor, you shared a load of really good stuff. I, I particularly enjoyed the thoughts about an early access sale, pre-launch, that kind of thing. I think a lot of listeners can, you know, really get a lot of benefit from listening to that and applying that in, in their launch if they're new. I think I've also loved the, uh, the the scrappiness of the business. I think that's been so good. Uh, I think again, a lot of entrepreneurs could listen to that and think you're like you're shipping products to people to store in their garage, and you know that's, that's unbelievable. So good though, I love it. Um, we've covered a lot of ground, but is there anything I, I've missed? Maybe any 
bits of advice that you want to finish with giving to, to new entrepreneurs that are considering doing something like you've done, what, what would you tell them? You know, I, I'd want to give them, you know, just a, a word of caution um, to be prepared for, you know, emotional breakdowns. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it feels like, you know, every week, you know, something comes along that it's like a, holy cow, what am I up against? Yeah. Like, how am I yeah. going to succeed with this? Um, and, and being able to to find your wins, find your little wins. Um, you know, something something would happen, I'd go through a struggle, I'm like, oh, great, one more thing I've got to do. Um, and then I'd get a message on Instagram of, of people just loving it, and, you know, that just picks me up. I'm like, okay, all right, I got my next, uh, my next wind to go after it. And so, you know, make sure if you, if you start something, be prepared for, you know, some emotional turmoil. Again, my, my other, you know, some of my other, other side hobby businesses, um, again, I did turn my, my Utah Roundnet running tournaments into a full-time job. Um, and it was all, honestly, it was, it was easy. And it was like all positive. It's like everyone's just coming out. And they're like, oh, we love this. Thank you for, mm-hmm. for putting this together. Um, you know, and that was a lot different. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was ready for a, a challenge. Um, and it was a big challenge. And, and thankfully, I've got a wife who, who was able to, you know, remind me time and time again that, hey, you've got something great. You're in your first year. You're, you know, they're in their 15th year like slow and steady, I'm not a patient person. So um, yeah, be prepared for it, but remind yourself of the little ones, get you through it, get to that next stage. Uh, you know, Remind yourself of why you started it in the first place and hopefully it's because you had a passion for what you're doing um, and uh, keep pushing forward. Awesome, man, great advice, I love it. I'm gonna get a bu- I'm gonna get a set as well. I'm gonna get it out in the garden, and play with the kids, and when people come over, because it sounds like a lot of fun. I- I've seen yeah, it on I've social been. media before, but never played yeah. it. And uh, I love any sport with a round ball. That's what I say. You know, none of these weird ball-shaped <laughs> sports. You know, egg-shaped balls. Get out of hey, here. But anything hey, with a round ball, I love it. You so. still like rugby over there? I know that. Maybe other people, but not me. That's okay, like, right. I have no idea what's going on and why they're all just cuddling each other so much but um <laughs> no no so I, I will get a set and, and look forward to having some fun with it cool. it's a you know it sounds like a great thing you're doing and really really excited to hear about all the good progress um what does the future hold for the business what's what's next what's coming up for you in the next 12 to 18 months yeah you know i mean that that's where it's you know you're really getting our product into the masses um you know uh, obviously right now we're headed into the winter season so you know get, get some christmas sales um and then really ramping up for next year um, really pushing hard. We've got you know some of our distribution partners more in place now. Um, got you know marketing partners on on the connected with us too. Um, and so, yeah, you know I mean everything's you know everything's next on the table. It's you know getting into retail, um, more sponsorships into tournaments, um, hosting our own tournaments. Um, you know you're in the UK. Uh, we've actually got our Ramnet World Championships happening in London in 2024. Um, and uh, so yeah, some definitely, definitely some exciting things as, as we just try to get our, our products in front of as many people as we can. Yeah, very cool. You, you must be aware of the guys from CrossNet, I would have thought. You know about CrossNet? Yeah, so I've, uh, Chris, uh, Greg, Greg is, I've actually been on the phone with him, on a call with him. Um, I, I would love to you know, give him a shout out because he was super helpful. Um, he actually put us in touch with multiple contacts that we ended up using um you know to help us you know get get figured out as far as distribution goes um yeah the mead brothers they are they're amazing i'm I'm, uh subscribed to chris's 
um, newsletter as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, those guys, big fans of them. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, it looks like they're crushing it in retail as well. So, um, yeah, lots of opportunity for you there. Absolutely. Amazing, man. Well, where can people find out more about you or about Premier Spike? Yep. Um, so our website is just premierspike.com. Um, and then on all the socials, it's at premier.spike. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to use code BRANDBUILDER on our website, you'll get 15% off as well. Nice. Um, so yeah, premierspike.com and, and hey, if anyone's out there want to say hey, want to anything, uh, just DM us on our socials and uh, um, I'm the one there. So uh, I'll be, be right there to answer you. Amazing. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for offering that discount. That's amazing of you. Very generous. And uh, thanks for taking the time out to come on the show. I always love talking to early stage startup founders. Uh, especially those as scrappy as you that are fighting it out in the trenches and doing a great job. So, yeah, congrats on the su success so far, but I know it's only a very, very small start from what's ahead. And, uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time out to come on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, letting us share our story. No worries, man. Awesome. Well, uh, folks, I'm sure you got loads out of that too. What a great story that Taylor has there with Premier Spike. Check out the products. Grab one for the backyard, back garden, as we call it in the UK. Play some games over the summer and have some fun. Thanks for joining us in this episode. If you've enjoyed it, please do give it a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll see you in the next episode, same time next week. Take care.